hey how's it going so uh tiffany's dead uh no more tiffany we are moving on <laughs> with lady in the tramp versus moana the one i've been looking forward to the most out of all the matchups so far and we're just gonna knock this out we're just gonna knock this out i don't have any idle conversation to bore you with in anticipation of the actual matchup so let's just get into a lady in the tramp animation beautiful absolutely beautiful it's got some of those images that i just get a little teary-eyed <laughs> love it. i'm gonna watch it every christmas now because it opens on christmas like there's snow everywhere so that's nice i love how lady looks love how tramp looks how rugged and stoic love Jacques and the other guy i can never remember his name i love the okay so it's it's got so consistent it's got this consistent view of the dog view of the dog perspective it's got throughout most of the movie which is great it's a great idea it looks good you've got just dresses fluttering about all over the place and i just i love the look of that it's you know classic animation doesn't have the advantages of all the technology of today but it still looks beautiful i love how they move there's some uses of like shadow especially when the rat's doing an infiltration mission weapons and procurement osp or something like that. <laughs> yeah, weapons osp i can't remember what it's called okay so i'm talking about a disney matchup and i just referenced metal gear solid i don't know who's listening to or watching these things oh my gosh i can't even imagine what combination of people would be super into Lady and the Tramp and Metal Gear Solid. I... <laughs> I have no idea. But here it is, and it's being broadcast out. Okay, so Lady and the Tramp animation. Dogs, they emote. They, they've got personality. And that's not easy to do. I, I love ladies, especially as a little puppy. And I, even when she gets older, like when she's chasing the birds and stuff, I love how much her personality comes across. Most of the setting is just the house. is in and around the house. They go to a chicken coop. They go to a zoo at some point. But it's mostly just in or, and around the house. And obviously there are iconic images, you know, the spaghetti scene one of the most iconic animated images in the history of animation so that's great but we have to be as objective as possible and i'm gonna do my best to be objective because i love this damn movie so much okay but moving on to moana for purposes of animation it's got some of the most beautiful animation i've ever seen in anything the water looks incredible i'm not a big fan of how the people look generally but i mean design what it's not bad like it they're fine and maui i think he looks he looks fine and kind of follows a similar artistic style of the other people but it definitely didn't blow me away but the water blows me away the villain the end villain person blows me away i mean it's difficult to do you've seen pretty much everything when it comes to animation at this point in history we've seen like at least we think everything that people can do with animation like with that trash movie avatar we, we feel like we've seen everything that we can do but moana it did when i saw the water for the first time i was like oh my that is beautiful that is absolutely beautiful i didn't like the design of her sidekicks the pig or the stupid chicken oh man i shouldn't say that actually that could be a hate crime the not great looking chicken uh, he just he's not good we can make fun of people based on their looks right like that's fine it's just other factors that we can't make fun of okay so the chicken did not like the chicken the looks of it at all the one stupid crab monster thing looked terrible i didn't like the look at that i didn't like the design of it at all his cave looked all right some of the uh sailing parts looked good but it really was just the water and the end villain thing all fired up <laughs> 
<laughs> and when she turns into the grass person, I don't know, mountain person, I don't know. I can't remember any of the names. Uh, but I definitely, I mean, it's tough to be blown away, to actually be blown away by the animation. I mean, I think that's sufficient to get it over the top. And I could be overcorrecting because I loved pretty much beginning to end everything about the animation in Lady and the Tramp. But I wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, that looks incredible. And I think that deserves a thumb up. I think it, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it deserves the one up there for purpose. Ugh. Okay. So, uh, ugh. yeah. Okay. So Moana, yes. Moana is going to, yes, you can have it. You can have category one animation. I think Moana deserves it. I think it's, it's fair enough. Moana should get this category. The animation on those two things blew me away. And that's an extra special move. Oh, oh, I'm just going to write it. Okay. Moana gets category one. Got done. All right. Whatever. Characters. Oh, good. Okay. Now I get to trash it. All right. So Lady and the Tramp characters. Fantastic. Unbelievably fantastic. You've got Lady who in the span of just the opening sequence exhibits not just her character, but the characters of John Deere and Darling just by virtue of her throwing her little fit about having to sleep alone in the downstairs thing and how she's persistent and fights and she's really annoying. <laughs> That's one of the things. I remember the first thing that endeared me to Luke Skywalker. Hold on. I'm going to get there. How this compares. Okay. So the first thing that endeared me to Luke Skywalker ever when I was watching the original Star Wars was when he said, oh, but I was going to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> He sounded like the most annoying, nerdy, just worthless kid I've ever heard. And I just wanted to punch him in the face and that made me like him. <laughs> so then I was worried about what was going to happen to him as he became, you know, more likable as the story went on. <laughs> and when, so when Lady was just a jerk about trying to get up into bed and she just was so persistent and they take their time and let this go on so that you really fall into this scene and it anchors you into the scene, then you feel like, okay, well, she's being really annoying but she's adorable and and that's the kind of thing just like when you watch a little kid video when they're really annoying it's like okay if they were just doing some generic kid thing that was perfectly you know within the bounds of of nice behavior then you wouldn't care it wouldn't even register to you but when they're annoying but still cute it gives this extra thing that you're just like okay okay geez same thing happens with you know spouses and girlfriends <laughs> so anyway you understand so ladies she's really persistent she ends up in the bed and John Deere darling okay but this is the one time you get to do this and then you have the beautiful transition of her being an adult in the bed still with them and it just perfectly demonstrates it how they fall in love with a with their puppy and it works itself out over years or however old the dog happens to be at that point and it foreshadows the way that they're going to fall in love with a kid later it demonstrates you know ladies aspects of selfishness and the things that she's going to be selfish about later and wanting attention and all that it's it's beautiful Beautiful. Not only that, but this is underscored by the fact that she gets her little, uh, she gets her like pin or tag or whatever. Excellent thing writing wise. Excellent thing to initiate her exploration of what her surroundings are and her friends and all that stuff. Beautiful because it still fits within character because she wants to show it off. It shows that she's vain and selfish in certain ways, which is part of her arc when it comes to the baby. I mean, there's so many good things about it. So many good things. So then character wise, she's got to meet Tramp, you know, obviously the the hero's journey kind of works with lady because she she meets tramp and she has to recognize the fact that she has to go back and protect the baby rather than going off by herself and just being a jerk now there are some 
hitches when it comes to Lady's arc. Um, not necessarily her character in general, but her arc. Because you can argue that once she looks happily at the baby at one point, that her arc is complete. So she doesn't really need the rest of it because it's the grandmother or whatever, or the aunt or whoever it is. She's the one who kicks Lady out. It wasn't Lady who left out of selfishness. Although arguably it kind of is because she doesn't go right back or anything like that. So she's just like, well, whatever. But the, there's also arguable that she has to learn the maturity to deal with difficult family. <laughs> she has to learn that maturity, you know, and those are the things that get in the way of her just being mature and less selfish and just accepting the fact that she has to work with difficult family like the cats and like the aunt to be able to make sure that she protects this kid and because the kid is family and the kid is vulnerable and that's what you have to do. And she gets to the point where she's no longer the vulnerable one who needs to be protected by virtue of going through all the things that she did with Tramp and then when Tramp can't help her anymore and she has to deal with these things that she's struggling with by herself and then ends up in the dog. I just love it. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. Uh, but Tramp's arc is more pronounced and her friends are, oh my gosh, her friends are such great characters too because they are supportive but they're not obsequious. They're not the ones who just kind of are doting. Like they have, they get annoyed with her. They get annoyed with Tramp. Jacques is try, tries to be protective of both characters of um, Rusty or whatever and Lady he tries to be protective and he's just like he's suspicious and gets annoyed <laughs> I mean he could fall into a rut of stale character you know just being uh, an ornament to whoever but she like he hides the bone in the beginning he, he doesn't trust Rusty or whoever he doesn't trust him but it turns out he does have the sense of smell to be able to find the thing I mean all of them have these arcs that are built on top of each other while still, while still being genuine with each other and in between each other so it's oh and then Tramp's arc completely goes you know he's first oh I love waking up alone in garbage and you know getting scraps and all that stuff and he's got to get the arc of having a family and being settled down and all that stuff so it's it's a very clear arc that spans the entire movie that's easy to follow but all of these arcs are stacked on top of each other and not only that but the, the John Deere and Darling have their arcs as well but all these are stacked on top of each other work seamlessly throughout the movie it's just a beautiful thing to watch and people take this kind of thing for granted and it annoys me because this is really difficult to write really well and you can see it by modern Disney movies and modern Pixar movies that don't even try to do this kind of a thing they just kind of generically plug in uh here's an arc I don't know without worrying about having genuine characters without worrying about plots that make sense without worrying about having unique things that make the character stand out from a generic character within that context that's one of the biggest things that's one of the huge things that you don't see is that you'll just see a character who acts generically to everything that comes up throughout the plot because it's just plot set up move the plot along that's all the writer does for a good story with good writers it's not like that they have their individual characteristics that insinuate themselves upon the plot so for this i mean there are just so many good things about the way that these arcs are stacked on top of each other and the way that each character has their own unique personality traits that are specifically used in specific ways and it's just it's so good and that they're each annoying in their own way <laughs> like i said that's that's a huge tool when it comes to endearing a character make them annoying it's like ripley in the first alien movie i love how i'm talking about a disney movie for kids and i'm going to alien in alien ripley she is really callous at one point when she's like no i'm not letting this guy on the ship he, he's infected with something we don't know what it is i'm not letting him on the ship it'll jeopardize all of us and it seems like a complete jerk move at this point you're like well what are you supposed to do you're just gonna leave him out there he needs medical care but that's the kind of 
of thing that endears you to a character, something that you can disagree with them on or be annoyed by and still like other aspects of the character. It's just like people in our real lives, that there are things <laughs> that annoy us, but there are so many other things that we absolutely adore, so we're just going to... We're going to just smile and shake our heads when the things that happen that annoy us and just be so happy every time we get the chance to see the rest of the stuff, uh, the things that, that we absolutely adore. So, oh, that was Lady and the Tramp. Oh my gosh, thank you for letting me say all those things about this this character, the character of this movie. Okay, so Moana, absolute trash, as trash as trash can get. It's so terrible. Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. I'm going to tone it down just a little bit so that I can, I can try to be objective here. So, Moana the character. Her personality is generic. Uh, I want to not be here. That's her motivation. That's her personality. Her arc isn't even an arc. Like, she already just wants... She's already complete at the beginning. And the only thing they try to do is throw in, oh, I'm frustrated by having failed at this once. They do that at least two times in the movie, where uh, she initially tries to go out and sail and gets pushed back. She's like, alright, I'm done. <laughs> and then when she goes to fight the last person at the end and ends up underwater or something like that or on the boat by herself and she's like oh my gosh I failed I suck oh no I don't now I'm gonna go do it it's just oh my god it's so annoying not only that but everything the character does throughout the entire movie is nullified by the fact that the water just takes her where she needs to go that she could she could just fall in the water the water will spit her back up this is the DSX machina the cheapest writing ploys that you can have but it's just formalized in the form of water it's really annoying it doesn't establish the way that they would have to do this is establish rules for the water the things the waters the water can and can't do because sometimes it helps her and sometimes it doesn't one time at the end she gets shot at by this giant meteor thing thrown by the the villain and the water doesn't do anything about it another time it pops up and blocks it to save her sometimes she falls in the water and the water will help her out and put her where she needs to be sometimes it doesn't when she's on her way to maui and has a, a boat wreck the water takes her to maui but it doesn't just take her with the thing all the way up to what's it the villain thing just to solve the whole thing right from the beginning it's it's so contrived there's so many contrived things about everything that has to do with this movie but uh sorry we're we're talking about character so what what it does is it nullifies the character it nullifies what the character is internally motivated to do not only that but she has a horrible internal motivation anyway because she just has a vague sense of i want to go places not only that but even that vague sense that could possibly be part of her character that vague sense is nullified further by the fact that she says oh I don't want to but then her grandma tells her oh but actually oh no even before that oh my gosh there's so many bad things about this I wish I could do a whole thing just on how terrible this is I know we have a uh, like an episode just on Moana that's in the first round but still uh, there's so many millions of things if I say how about how bad this is so first it's like they say oh the island's dying so so even though you had what was supposed to be a personality trait that suggested you should go out and do something now the island's dying so that nullifies your personality trait it's just about doing a plot function thing of going out and fixing the island because it's dying oh not only that but all the stuff about you having a, a personality trait to go out and do stuff it's not special it's something that all of your your four whatever they did anyway because all these ships are on the on the island so even further nullified as some kind of unique character trait not only that there's this weird thing where it has all the men be terrible and all of the women be supportive too like maui's completely superfluous uh, he's actually 
actually completely unnecessary and is just a jerk and screws everything up and doesn't want to help and doesn't want to have any interest in helping. Oh, and then, I mean, there are so many things. Uh, Maui's arc isn't a real arc. He just says, uh, I don't want to help. And then right at the end, he says, oh, yes, I do. It's ridiculous. But like I said, all the men are weak and try to impede what the female characters want to do to accomplish something. And the villain, <laughs> like the villain doesn't, doesn't have an arc. It's, oh my gosh, everything's so superficial. It's just, oh, I'm super evil and look kind of masculine. <laughs> And then somebody gives me a heart, you know, the heart of the sea or whatever it is, the stupid stone thing. And now I'm nice and feminine. And it's just like, oh my gosh. I mean, the masculine feminine part of that, I'm reading into a, a little more than necessary, but still it's, it's really superficial and it, it shows the superficiality of the writers and trying to write these arcs. Now I watched it a couple of weeks ago now, but there were also things about the song where she's like, oh yeah, I agree. I should stay. Oh no, I don't. Oh yeah, I do. Oh no, I don't. And she keeps going back and forth on that. And it's usually an external motivation that affects it. And it's just, it's so bad. Everything about this is so bad when it comes to the characters. I mean, there's hardly anything to any of them. Like I said, it's it's completely nullified motivation that was just vague in the first place. It's just, I just want to go other places. I don't want to be here. Uh, okay, done. Is that it? I, at least with like certain characters like Ariel. Ariel wanted to be part of their world, but it's because she saw a hot guy and... <laughs> And, and a cute dog, and so wanted to want to hop on that bandwagon. But this is just, I vaguely want to leave here. Okay, great, wonderful. But like I said, and then her mom and her grandmother support her, and are the wise ones, and her father is just this authoritarian jerk who won't see the truth, and Maui's this horrible person who just wants everything for himself, and, and cares only about the power, his power of the whatever, his boomerang, whatever it is. <laughs> And it's just so bad. It's so bad. And not only that, but then you have supporting characters that are absolutely nothing. I mean, like I said, her father is a whole bunch of nothing. He just, uh, no, don't do it. Don't do it ever. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Okay, go ahead, do it. And her mom, barely anything. Her grandmother is just the kooky lady who knows all the things about all the things. Her sidekicks are nothings. I mean, the pig doesn't even go with her on, on her adventure. The chicken, I mean, I mean, is the chicken. Uh, has absolutely nothing. What a stupid character trait as well i mean how do you how do you think that's a good idea to have like a an impaired chicken as your sidekick character on this trip oh my gosh there's just no effort put into this this is just, it's a cash grab that's why it hasn't been vitiating american culture where there are all these things about moana that everybody talks about now it's just oh come on get over yourselves you're ridiculous uh okay so i try I was objective, right? I tried to be objective. I'm telling you, anybody wants to come at me at this, this is one of those topics that uh, I will absolutely pummel anybody who believes that I'm wrong about Lady and the Tramp having absolutely way better characters than anything Moana has to offer. I mean, virtually any of the movies that we that are in this bracket will destroy Moana on character. I mean, this, these are some terrible, terrible characters. Anyway, so that's Lady and the Tramp. Come at me, bros. Lady and the Tramp wins that one. Bros and bras. I mean, any but uh, what's the opposite of bro lady i don't <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. All right. So the next one, storyline plot, storyline plot. So potential contrivances in Lady and the Tramp may be about them leaving the baby. Uh, some woman I talked to at some point said that this was too early to be leaving a, ch a child, you know, after the birth is too early to be leaving a child with a family member. So I'll take that. I haven't had any kids. I haven't been a woman. I couldn't say, I couldn't say whether it was too early to leave a child with a family member. Maybe it's still imprinting on you or something. I don't know. I don't know how it works. 
works, but I can dig it. I can buy it. When it comes to what, how, what else happened in the plot? I mean, it's just settling into the routine of Lady, and then the the child shows up. Like I said, all these things are perfectly set up when it comes to character. Beautifully set up. Then Lady gets uh, chased out by the aunt because of a an issue with the cats, which makes sense. Cats are conniving, so I think that plot point makes sense. They mess with her because they want to eat the fish, but she doesn't want to let them, so they frame her. And she gets kicked out of the house by the terrible aunt, which makes sense. She hangs out with Tramp. Tramp takes her around. And an excellent plot point in him not being sufficiently responsible enough, you know, to be able to protect her out there in the real world. He can protect himself, but he can't protect her. She ends up caught, goes to the pound, finds out about Tramp's history. (laughs) How does she get out of the pound? I can't remember now. This is just uh, the aunt comes and picks her up. And then she ends up in the doghouse. I think that's it. And then Tramp shows up to check on her. Then the rat shows up and the rat inciting incident is like the one you get obviously it has more to do with character than actual plot mechanics i think that what was the rat trying to do it wasn't trying to eat the baby it was trying to drink the milk or something like that but it had shown up before and lady was there to defend against it and this time it shows up and she's chained up so it makes sense that all the pieces were there at the time that they were there and then the guy being able to smell and find the i think it's all pretty well structured the only thing is the baby thing leaving the baby that early because they had to be gone to have all the rest of the stuff happen so it's the fulcrum from which the rest of the plot pivots and if that's contrived then it could be an issue but Usually you give any given movie one major contrivance, you know, one major coincidence. Each movie gets one, and then the rest of the movie just has to function properly. So Moana, what's the what's the storyline plot of Moana? It's uh, a bunch of, what is it? She vaguely wants to leave, and then she's given motivation to leave by the, because the heart's missing from the thing that was taken however long ago, and the island is dying, and so she goes sailing, but she doesn't, I mean, like, it would have been more significant if she had just gone out on on her own to try to save the island without having learned that she they had a history of sailors and all that stuff it would have been more significant and it would have been more significant for her to try to convince the rest of her island people that no we need to do this it's not that we did it before we need to do it now because our circumstances have changed and i'm a leader so therefore accept this and let's move on it would have been more significant that way if it had happened that way so anyway she sails off and she has the the plot engine of the ocean that just the water takes her where she needs to go and saves her when she needs to be saved saved and protects her sometimes not others when the plot dictates it's just, maui's completely superfluous he shows up and was completely unnecessary because she just walks up to the thing anyway and puts the little stone deal on it to save it gosh this is so it's so bad everything about this plot i i'm trying to be objective here i mean there's really very little they have the the action beat with the little guys that have no bearing on any of the rest of the movie they have the action beat with the crab guy which has no bearing on any of the rest of the movie it could have just been locked away or he could have already had his stupid hook thing it's just to elongate the plot that's the only thing that it does and it has no bearing on the rest of it uh her like frustrations don't mean anything like when she like when she goes sailing initially and gets thrown back she's like i'm not doing that and then she doesn't go like through a rocky montage to figure out how to sail because they have to do that later which is again superfluous but they have to do that later so suddenly oh i learned that we sailed before so now i 
I'm good at sailing and she goes sailing. It's so terrible. But then Maui teaching her to sail, it's completely unnecessary because the water just takes her where she needs to go. So it's completely unnecessary. It's so stupid. The best thing that you could say is that later she'll need it because she'll have to sail with the rest of her crew, but they already had a history of sailing. So why do they just take that? It's just, it's so terrible. I really hate this movie. <laughs> so storyline plot, I give to Lady and the Tramp. I think it's pretty clear. It's clear cut when it comes to the storyline plot. When it comes to complexity and contrivance and, and pieces of the puzzle that had more than one use. I mean, all those things suggest clearly Lady and the Tramp gets this W. Okay, what's next? We are on music. Uh-oh. Um, music. Yeah, we're on music. I can't believe Because Moana's trash, but I... Ugh. Lady and the Tramp has some great music that I love personally. There are there's like the humming with the baby thing. There's the the Tramp song, but it also has that annoying part of the Tramp song uh, where the dogs are all like howling the melody or whatever it is, and it's it is legitimately annoying. <laughs> like it goes on. It should have just been like a moment of this, but it goes on for a while to be like, oh look how sad they are, and it, it was legitimately annoying. It was like you don't need this. This is just excessive, and then it goes into like. Like I said the tramp song about the one lady sings and i think that's a good song you know it's not mind-blowing or anything there's then there's the one the buena note or whatever it is where they're eating the spaghetti which is great i love it that's kind of the musical high point and otherwise i think the music's good uh just didn't blow my hair back um moana has her big anthem song which is actually i think it's really good i i think it's actually really good and there's kind of a unified theme when it comes to the music across the different musical numbers uh that seem i don't know i'm not an expert but it seems like it's hawaii inspired which is kind of nice i didn't like any of the other songs and there's one particularly really terrible song but when it comes to the anthem and that unified theme i think it's good so oh so yes i mean I think it's fair. I'm going to have to give it to Moana, right? Music-wise, I'm going to have to give it to Moana. It's a good anthem, good unified theme amongst the music, and there's not all that much that stands out for Lady and the Tramp and not all that much that people really go back to. I mean, Buena Note, it's more about the images and the circumstances than it is about the actual songs. So stupid, fine, whatever. Uh, Moana. Now, obviously, in the back of my head, I'm like, I'm a little panicky about what I might choose. <laughs> I know I get to choose it, but still, I mean, it's tied two to two. Lady and the Tramp uh, is amazing, and I don't want, oh my gosh, Moana is such trash. Anyway, you know, if it lost in this, it's it would be a problem with the categories, is what it would be. It's not even, oh, jeez. I just don't want it to be, it shouldn't be just kind of a normative, oh, I feel like this wins, or feel like that wins. I should do like 20 categories. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, memorability is the last category. Love Lady and the Tramp. There are so many things that are memorable to me personally and a number of things that are memorable in a broader context. So obviously there's that scene. Like I said, one of the most memorable scenes in cinematic history when the, the puppy, they do the little kiss thing when they're eating spaghetti and the puppy nudges the meatball toward her. I mean, it's, it's romantic. It's beautiful. It looks great. Good music. It's just quality all around. I've seen it parodied a million times although not so much recently but moana doesn't have an, any good ideas to be parodied that's one of the things it's a function of structure that you get a good idea that is justifiably parodied you know that steps outside of the norm or the cliches or anything enough that it's something that people want to 
you know, reincorporate into other things. And that's what that scene is when it comes to memorability. Moana doesn't have anything of that. I mean, maybe some kids want to dress up as Moana. Uh, maybe they remember the names of Moana and Maui or whatever. But it's it's all the structure. It's all the setup. It's all the lack of character. All of those things contribute to the fact that it's so forgettable. That's why it doesn't penetrate culture in a broader scale or personally for me. That's why I don't, I don't, it's not memorable. It's not something that I'll think about and be like, oh, that was, except for the water, the way the water looked. But that's just technical, you know, that's just, a, that's like remembering Terminator 2 because of the liquid metal, you know, it's, it's something different from just plain memorability. There's a lack of cogency there's a lack of creativity i mean all those things are missing from moana where they're there for lady and the tramp that's why this thing having been made in the 40s versus something that hadn't been made in the 2010s or 2000s or whatever that's why one of them had this has this classic status and one of them is already something that's kind of been just set aside you know it's been binned for purposes of history and memory and all that kind of a thing there really is a difference between the great classic movies whether it's animated or not that actually try to be creative that somebody had a vision that somebody loved what they were doing when they were making this there's a difference between that and the corporate churned out okay we just need to do something that works kind of a structure those are so far from each other it's ridiculous and that's why one is so much more memorable than the other one is and not to, I mean in addition to all the other terrible things about characters storyline and all that stuff so anyway i give it to lady in the tramp pretty clearly i think it's clear if anybody i mean i think this one is more arguable than character or storyline plot i mean especially character but i really think it's pretty clear lady in the tramp gets it on memorability so that would mean lady the tramp wins it wins it should have been a slobber knocker does that mean no i think that means it's more competitive it should have been a complete 3-0 body bag kind of a win for lady in the tramp but it was closer than I had hoped. So that's that one. I'm not sure what's coming up. What's coming up next? All right. So next one is Winnie and the Pooh versus Tarzan. And remember, this is round two. It's Winnie and the Pooh versus Tarzan. So this is winner's bracket. And I'm not sure. I think I watched the wrong Winnie and the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. But I loved it. <laughs> so I might just stick to that one. Or try to. Maybe I'll try to watch the old Winnie the Pooh. Maybe I'll just watch them both and see what happens. Uh, but it's versus Tarzan, which I wasn't a huge fan of. But it went up against something I wasn't a huge fan of either. So we'll see what happens. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Lady and the Tramp versus Moana anybody who got to the end oh my gosh you are a trooper i'm so thankful for that and impressed that you were willing to listen to an adult man wax rhapsodic about a children's cartoon movie uh it's <laughs> it's 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 a beautiful thing that we can do this nowadays uh so anyway thanks again i will see you on the next one hopefully these will start coming out pretty consistently i know i know it's been so inconsistent all these i'm gonna get all this stuff ironed out it's gonna be beautiful but thanks again hope all is well okay 